Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. So it's a really exciting show. Molly Jong Fast is going to be joining us later on in the program tonight as well, which I'm excited about. Um, we got to talk about the upcoming midterms because, as you know, the media is very happy to tell us it's all over. It's, it's, it's over already. Democrats, the obituaries are written for their majorities in the House and Senate. Despite the fact that under the leadership of Joe Biden, the unemployment rate is down to 3.6%. Our country has been adding 400,000 plus jobs every month for 11 straight months. Uh, The deficit has been cut in half, more than half, $571 billion, $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure package, a $1.9 trillion COVID relief deal. He has halted federal executions Uh, In 2021, we achieved the lowest child poverty rate ever. Of course, Joe Manchin has been able to drive that one back up again. And uh, best of all, he's not a racist reality show clown who can't stop lying to everyone you love during a plague. Of course, I'm referring to the former host of Celebrity Apprentice, fired for being racist, Donald Trump. We have to remember that. Donald Trump's greatest claim to fame was his reality show, And he was fired because he couldn't stop being racist. And now what's going to happen now that he has endorsed someone for the United States Senate who is a reality TV celebrity, which is Donald Trump's true ethnicity, but someone who is also a Muslim, which will be upsetting quite a few people in MAGA-land. What? Did you really think (laughs) the racists were going to get behind Donald Trump endorsing a man whose first name is Mehmet? That's the deal. Donald Trump on Saturday night endorsed his old reality TV pal Mehmet Oz in this very heated Senate GOP primary contest for the state of Pennsylvania um, over MAGA faithful, loyal Trump groveler David McCormick. Give a listen. Here is Donald Trump on the stump Saturday night. We listen to this stuff so you can enjoy your weekend. By the way, I endorsed another person today, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz. Great guy, good man, good man, Harvard educated, tremendous, tremendous career. And they liked him for a long time. That's like a poll. You know, when you're in television for 18 years, that's like a poll. That means people like you, but he's a he's a great guy. It's like a poll. And you're all going to get polled in the great state. Of Pennsylvania. Now, now again, when Kanye West came out and got all kissy face with Donald Trump, we said on this show, why not? It's their ethnicity. Guys, there comes a certain time when you can only see Ellen with George W. Bush watching a football game before you realize celebrity is its own ethnic group. And this endorsement here is going to set up a major test of Donald Trump's clout in the Republican Party. So I just I just want you to take a break from <laughs> wailing in grief over the Democrats losing six months from now and stop and smell the MAGA civil war. As Rolling Stone put it, fraud endorses quack. And Dr. Oz is a guy who spent many years going on TV, saying things that weren't true, 
because it promoted himself. And Donald Trump, for some reason, relates to that. Now, in fairness to Dr. Oz, he is the most qualified Republican candidate for the Pennsylvania Senate who really lives in Jersey. Uh, and in fairness to you, I have met Dr. Oz. He was a guest on a TV. He's never done this show, but he was a guest on a TV show I did. And I hung out with him. And I, I'll, I'll praise him when he's right. Dr. Oz is maybe the most famous celebrity doctor to come out in support of medical cannabis. So he deserves all the praise for that. And he better get it from me because he ain't going to be getting it from the GOP. Now, um, let's talk about McCormick, who spent a lot of time going to Mar-a-Lago. David McCormick was just there last week, groveling, groveling before Darth Java. Dina Powell, McCormick's wife, <laughs> was Donald Trump's deputy national security advisor. Dina Powell uh, has, has been faithful to Donald Trump and loyal to Donald Trump. And by the way, Hope Hicks, um, she's working on the McCormick campaign. Stephen Miller, Stephen Miller, the gerbil gerbils was hired by the McCormick campaign. Donald Trump's former campaign advisor, David Urban, is a paid advisor to the McCormick campaign. Donald Trump's White House lawyer, Jim Schultz, helped McCormick begin this campaign. But remember, when Trump says loyalty, <laughs> he doesn't mean it, because loyalty is something that goes two ways. When Trump says loyalty, what he means is groveling obedience. You can ask Jeff Sessions about that. Uh, by the way, Stephen Miller stopped all involvement and employment with the McCormick campaign as soon as Trump endorsed Dr. Oz. Now, what's amazing is the ridicule on this ridiculous TV Dr. Grifter and this ridiculous TV landlord for his ridiculous endorsement, and it's coming from the ridiculously gullible. Donald Trump's most fervent supporters are kind of shocked that... um this Turkish-American TV doctor who has been out there rubbing shoulders with the Hollywood elite, who hasn't always wanted to put women in jail for abortions. He does now, but it's not good enough. He hasn't always hated women's rights. Um, they're horrified. A lot of them are saying that this is really scary because he isn't a trustworthy America-first candidate. Oh, I heard that all weekend. Not a real America-first candidate. What does that mean? Well, uh, he's a Muslim. His name is Mehmet. He's Turkish-American. They're saying he's not really America first. Breitbart News' Joel Pollack wrote, This endorsement could divide MAGA in the only way that matters. He could lose America first conservatives over it. Like, like <laughs> Donald Trump is not racist enough for you? Um, Sean Parnell was uh, the former candidate Donald Trump was backing in this race. This is why all this happened, because Trump initially endorsed Sean Parnell. And then uh, his ex-wife came out and said, oh, by the way, he beat us. He beat me. So Sean Parnell had to drop out. So after that happened, McCormick and Oz were both making a play for Trump's endorsement. Well, Sean Parnell, who originally Donald Trump liked, and Donald Trump didn't unendorse him, by the way, when it turned out he'd beaten his wife. No, it wasn't a deal breaker for Trump. But Parnell dropped out. So um, he came out and said, I have enormous respect for President Trump. I was honored to have his endorsement in Pennsylvania twice, but I'm disappointed by this. Oz is the antithesis of everything that made Trump the best president of my lifetime. When you're losing the racist idiots, all is not well in Magaland. How about Eric Erickson? This revoltingly fake <clears throat> Christian said, um, it's like Donald Trump's staff is sabotaging Trump by convincing him to make the worst possible endorsements. No, Eric, you sabotaged your own credibility by endorsing Trump. What about creepy swinger, pardon crook, and drinker of orphan blood Roger Stone? Roger wrote on Telegram, wait, President Trump endorsed this guy? They're shocked in Magaland that Donald Trump would do this. A celebrity. They're not shocked that Dr. Oz is a quack. They don't mind that he doesn't even really live in Pennsylvania. <clears throat> They're not really saying what their problem is. What about Mo Brooks? <laughs> Mo Brooks is running, of course, for the Senate in Alabama. He was the jackass congressman on stage with Donald Trump the day of the January 6th rally, the one who said, we're going to kick ass and take names, that guy. And then, of course, he finally came out and said, well, uh, Mr. Trump, you didn't really win the election. We can't do this anymore. So Trump unendorsed him. He rescinded his endorsement. Mo Brooks said, 
This is happening because Trump surrounded himself by staff who were on McConnell's payroll and hostile to the MAGA agenda. Everybody telling Trump who to endorse in primaries works for the swamp. They played him again. It's a great way to audition to work under Mitch McConnell is to smear Mitch McConnell while you're running to work under him. This is the Civil War. Problem is, um, Mitch McConnell, he, he did never endorse Dr. Oz. He has not endorsed anybody in this race. Mitch McConnell was on Fox News Sunday yesterday, and all he said was, which translates to, I think we're in a good position to win that race, regardless of who the nominee is. Um, how about town hall columnist, uh, the revolting Kurt Schlichter, um, who wrote, uh, it's pretty hard for me to fully express how disappointed in Trump I am for endorsing Oz. Yeah, I know, Kurt. It's painful, isn't it? Why, it's almost like Trump's an inconsistent moron who only cares about celebrity and not actual ideology. Doesn't it seem that way? If only the majority of voters had warned you about this for years. Uh, on Blaze TV, Ali Beth Stuckey said, wait, is there anything conservative about Dr. Oz? Now, who was it that talked Trump into doing this? Well, it seems like it was a triumvirate. It was Sean Hannity, who's a longtime pal of Oz, uh, casino mogul and Me Too pariah Steve Wynn, who was raising money for the Republican Party and seems to have walked between the raindrops for his extensive and extensively documented abuse of women. <laughs> A smart Democratic Party would bring this up. And, of course, Melania Trump, who must have some influence over Donald. She's been supporting Oz for quite a while. Hannity said last month, I am supporting this nomina- his nomination to be the Republican candidate. I have known him for many, many years. Now, here's the thing. We're sitting around talking about how grim things look. Every day for the Democrats, there's no enthusiasm, right? There's no enthusiasm for the Democrats. The polls aren't on Biden's side. It doesn't matter how well the economy's doing. The inflation is going to be the cudgel they pound him with. And so everyone's kind of just giving up. Except you guys. People who listen to this show, people who actually care, are not giving up. People who care about women's rights. People who care about gun rights, people who care about the rights of immigrants, and people who care about public health and getting health care to everyone. I mean, there's so many good people out there who are not giving up, who are fighting the Republicans hard, and who are pushing the Democrats every day to fight harder and do better. My God, the Democrats need to adopt single payer, like yesterday. Especially because there's a lot of real embarrassments running for the GOP. And I know this is not the right thing to say, but I I feel like some of these people getting nominated to run this fall wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Take, if you will, a Georgia Republican congressional candidate, Vernon Jones, who used to be a Democrat. And then he switched over. He's African-American, and he calls himself the black Donald Trump. He really does call himself the black, the black Donald Trump. Um, He was on Steve Bannon's podcast, not to brag, and he argued the other day that civil rights for black people don't apply to gay people because they can change and become straight. Yeah. Um, He's running for Georgia's 10th district, and Trump has endorsed him. He said, let me tell you, civil rights for blacks and gay rights for gays are two different things. They're, they're, (sighs) they're not the same. (laughs) but it's civil rights for everyone and gay people can't become straight. If you believe, by the way, if you have a homophobe in your life tell you that gay people can become straight, look them right in the eye and say, I guess you're saying that means straight people can become gay. Something you want to talk about? How about Eric Greetens? He's the uh, former Missouri governor, now running for Senate in that beautiful state. He resigned over allegations of sexual misconduct, namely, um, Tying a woman up and beating the shit out of her. Again, this this woman testified under oath in 2018 as part of the impeachment proceedings against Governor Greetens that he taped her hands to pull-up rings in his basement, blindfolded her, spit water into her mouth, ripped open her shirt, pulled down her pants, and took a photo of her to use as blackmail so she wouldn't talk about their relationship. She said she was trying to leave the basement and that uh, Governor Greetens grabbed her in a bear hug, laid her on the floor, began fondling her, whipped it out, and coerced her into oral sex while she was weeping. That guy had to resign. He's running for office again in Missouri. 
And now his ex-wife came out and accused him of abusing her and their children and said she has photographic evidence of it. Again, accused of unstable and coercive behavior, including physically abusing their three-year-old. She cited numerous acts of violence, said that he became so unstable in the months before his resignation that his access to firearms had to be limited. Yeah, he was married to her while he revoltingly abused the other woman. The Republican Party does not drive these people out. The Democratic Party got rid of Al Franken, got rid of Elliot Spitzer, got rid of John Edwards. Dems eject him, Repubs re-elect him. How about Herschel Walker? What a great Senate, uh, Senate candidate he is. Uh, please, please let Herschel Walker be the man that Raphael Warnock runs against, because think about it. Who's going to, what black folks are going to turn out to vote for Herschel Walker, and what white racists are going to turn out to vote for Herschel Walker? His ex-wife accused him of choking her until she fainted, putting loaded guns to her head. He has openly admitted, openly admitted to playing Russian roulette multiple times. And Democrats, that's the only soundbite y'all need for your entire nationwide campaign. Don't play Russian roulette with America's future. Bum, bum. Sean Parnell, as we mentioned before, beat his wife and kids. Herschel Walker's ex accused him of choking her until she fainted. Eric Greetens beat the hell out of his girlfriend and his wife. Guys, violence against women is not a deal breaker for the Republican Party. Stop being afraid of these people and run on their records, run on their histories. Make them famous. Make every one of them a national boogeyman you run against. This shouldn't be too hard. Which brings us back to Dr. Quack. Dr. Oz is the Jordan Belfort of Dr. Phil's. Um, But when he began running, he had a pretty good strategy. Go for the dumb people who believe me on my show. So he was really appealing to conservatives' anger at mandates and shutdowns. And he said, the people in charge who took away our freedom. Over the course of his career, and again, I've, I've worked with Dr. Oz. He came on a TV show I did. But he's warned people that apple juice has unsafe levels of arsenic. The FDA called him irresponsible and misleading. Eight years ago, the British Medical Journal analyzed 80 recommendations on his TV show and concluded that only half of them, less than half of them, were supported by any evidence. Dr. Oz really got scolded by both parties uh, in front of a Senate committee over the claims he made about weight loss pills, which he made money off of pushing. And a group of 10 doctors tried to get him fired from Columbia University's medical faculty back in 2015, saying he repeatedly showed disdain for science and for evidence-based medicine. Dr. Oz has been pushing pseudoscience for years, like green coffee as an obesity remedy. Uh, His homeopathy starter kits. This is nothing new for this guy. And let's talk about the hydroxychloroquine. He went on Fox and just praised it, promoted hydroxychloroquine in more than 25 appearances on Fox back in the beginning of the pandemic in March and April 2020. Went on Fox more than 25 times to push it. And it has been disproven time and time again. Just like Evermectin has been disproven time and time again. But the people who keep lying to these folks, you'd think they'd believe at some point. They'd realize, oh, the people who've been lying to me nonstop for years are still lying to me. But they don't. It's a cult. They were loyal to George W. Bush until Donald Trump gave them permission to stop being loyal to him. When there were no WMDs found in Iraq, they still defended Bush and Cheney in that war that killed 5,000 Americans. It was only when a Veterans Affairs study showed COVID-19 patients treated with hydroxychloroquine were more likely to die than untreated patients that Dr. Oz shut up and stopped pushing it. And let's not forget my favorite Dr. Oz clip ever. The only thing Democrats need to play if he runs. When he went on Fox and said the 2 to 3% increase in COVID-19 mortality might be a worthwhile trade-off. Listen to this clip. Sorry, I didn't have it oh. queued up. Oh, no worries. It was pretty good. Uh, I'll try it again. I'm going to give it a really good, uh, good, good setup this time. Ready? He went on Fox News and suggested mm-hmm. two to three percent increase in COVID-19 mortality would be okay. Oh, Joe, back. Let's start with things that are really critical to the nation, where we think we might be able to open without getting into a lot of trouble. 
I tell you, schools are a very appetizing opportunity. Uh, I just saw a nice piece in The Lancet arguing that the opening of schools may only cost us 2 to 3 percent in terms of total mortality. And, you know, that's any life is a life lost. But to get every child back into a school where they're safely being educated, being fed uh, and making the most out of their lives. 2 to 3 percent mortality. Uh, he actually said any life lost is a tragedy. Yeah, 2 to 3 percent total mortality. He's talking about 6 million dead children. That's acceptable to him. Six million dead children. And no mention of how many would be permanently disabled or harmed. He said that was a price we should be willing to pay. He's so pro-life. That's the trade-off Dr. Oz was willing to consider. From celebrity to snake oil peddler to GOP politician. Guys, he's a reality TV star who peddles lies to the gullible. Of course Trump introduced him. And that's why I have never in my life seen a more qualified candidate for the modern GOP. <laughs> Guys, let these people get the nomination and run against their own words. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back. I'm John Fugel saying. So how, how does a party go from Eisenhower down to Nixon, down to Reagan, down to Bush, down to baby Bush, down to Donald Trump? I mean, looking at this as a graph, obviously the next possible presidential candidate has to be uh, uh, probably Kid Rock's hepatitis. But, you know, I've tried to understand the GOP and, and I see Trumpism as a continuation of the Tea Party. The party gets always being taken over by people who are angrier, dumber, louder, and meaner. I call them the alliterati. Our next guest has an even better recipe. She writes, Trumpism is equal parts nationalism, light fascism, nepotism, and mean tweets rolled up into a profoundly nihilistic governing style with a dash of the Dunning-Kruger effect. That kind of prose and passion comes from the great Molly Jong Fast, one of our favorite guests and journalists. You've read her stuff in the Daily Beast, Vogue magazine, all over cable news. Uh, she co-hosts the Trump Era Essential podcast, The New Abnormal, with my old pal Andy Levy, and her new piece in the Atlantic nails it. What this Trump army is really all about. It is a pleasure to welcome Ms. Molly Jong Fast back. Hello. Thanks for hi. Thanks for having me, John. Thank you so much. Before I even jump into it, how are you? How's your family? How are you getting through uh, the BA2 variant? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, uh, you know, everybody's pretty happy. We have this rescue puppy that we got uh, early on in the pandemic who is delights us to no end. And then we have these two older dogs and, you know, we're, everybody's good. Nice. My kittens just heard one year old this weekend. So I'm Aww. with you and I, I thank you for adopting um, your new piece in the Atlantic. Just as soon as I read it, I'm like, I got to get Molly back on the show to talk about this. You begin by saying Donald Trump is not on the ticket this November, but Trumpism very much is. Candidates who have been created by Trump's caustic anti-democracy movement are already making their way through the Republican primaries. It really does feel like the march of the mini-me's. And it, it seems like this party has gone from being this conservative party with a white nationalist fringe to being a white nationalist party with a conservative fringe. Yeah. I mean, I almost feel like the white nationalist party was that transition happened more during Trumpism. I think the thing that now has happened that is sort of 
I want to say like the progression of that is that now it's become a party that is really running against democracy and really one of the central tenets of this new Trumpism is that, uh, you know, we have to win at all costs and it doesn't matter um, how we win as long as we do win. And it's that central tenet of autocracy, the idea that, um, and I think of this when you're seeing a lot of these Trumpists call Democrats pedophiles. And yeah. even like we saw with Marjorie Taylor Greene, she called these three Republicans who voted um, to confirm this very, 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 um, you know, qualified Supreme Court justice who had been Senate confirmed four times. Um, she, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene called them pedophile sympathizers. So the idea here is to make the enemy so terrible that these Trumpists are protecting democracy. By, and they're not, obviously, or they're protecting sort of American way of life by defeating Democrats. So it's a pretty worrying uh, pattern that's that we're seeing emerge. Well, I, I, what I love about this piece is you go through the specific elements of this phenomenon. And, you, you know, Joe Biden got more votes when he ran in 2020 than any politician has ever gotten in any election in American history. But even I acknowledge that people weren't necessarily voting for Biden. Mm -hmm. They were voting against Trump. And we're hearing nonstop obituaries for the Democratic Party for a midterms that is still months away. It seems to me that these people who are running, and I began the show talking about the just obscene records of everyone from Eric Greitens to, to, to Dr. Oz to, uh, uh, to uh, of course, um, What's his name? The I mean, uh, uh, the NFL guy. Um, they're all just like Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker. There's so many yard sales going on. There's so much crazy. There's so much incompetence and just straight up lies. I, I, maybe I'm a cockeyed optimist, but I kind of feel like if enough people are awoken to the Trumps that are running, maybe it'll inspire a bit more turnout. And one of the points you begin the piece with in the Atlantic, um, it's important not to understate how central racism is to Trumpism. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more. Donald Trump began his campaign for president, arguably began his political career based on a spreading a vicious racist lie about the first black president. And it ended with the siege on the Capitol, this terrorist attack where they were bringing Confederate flags in and essentially trying to throw out the votes of primarily African-American districts in Arizona and Pennsylvania. It, it, there's no way you can separate Trumpism from racism, is there? No, I mean, I I would say that like Trumpism does a thing where it sort of becomes like right now, these Trumpists are are pushing these anti-LGBTQ laws. And that is technically um, that sort of Trump, that's that's sort of another focus of Trumpism. So like I, I think it sort of switches back and forth. You'll have Trumpism. Uh, attack LGBTQ people, and then it will go back to being racist. For instance, like the people, you know, you could say the Trumpists will say, like, we're we're not racist. We support Herschel Walker, and and certainly there are um, black Trumpists, and that is a phenomenon. Um, but ultimately, the whole idea behind this movement was that they were people who were less than who were coming into the country and they had to be stopped. And again, that is fundamentally a very racist idea. It's funny because I thought in my, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I guess I'm uh, speaking of being an optimist, but I thought that um, with this Ukraine situation, the way that the Polish uh, government and these neighboring countries have treated the Ukrainian refugees so well and have made such a point of taking these people. I thought that what might happen was that the Trumpists would be shamed, you know, because of the terrible way they treat immigrants. But that never happened, which was disappointing. Yeah, not yet. But I mean, even you do point out, yes, there are black and Latino people who support Trump. But the agenda itself is still the same. They're still endorsing rolling back civil rights, gutting voting rights. They laugh at racist jokes about the Kung flu and the China virus. I mean, just because a couple of black people, namely conservative black men, like Clarence Thomas, it doesn't mean Clarence Thomas is not the opposite of everything Thurgood Marshall fought for. 
Certainly true. And I mean, yeah, absolutely true. And there certainly are. I mean, I I think ultimately, though, the issue is that there is a um, there's a sense in which the Republican Party has just been overtaken by Trumpism. So it doesn't much matter, you know, the kind of the kind of um, the kind of window dressing. Ultimately, the situation is that we have, you know, this party has turned on democracy. And I don't know how you say where you go from there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you scare people into showing up to vote like in 2020. And, And one final note on the racism, you quote Trump from his announcement for his presidential candidacy, when Mexico sends his people, they're sending race rapists and they're, they're, they're bringing crime. We have to remember and remind our loved ones, Donald Trump got fired from his own reality show for his own racism. He was dumped from Celebrity Apprentice because of his racism. You, you can't separate it. Right. You, also, you also bring up a point that I've been shouting about since Donald Trump was trying to make the post office charge more for things Jeff Bezos' company sent out or trying to use the government to crack down on the Washington Post. Um, Donald Trump really isn't a free market capitalist unless he likes the business, is he? I mean, he's really, you could argue, the most uncapitalist president we've had. Yeah, I mean, that is something that just makes me completely crazy, which is that this uh, Trumpism has this very profound uh, anti-capitalist, you know, crony capitalist. And I mean, it's fascism. That's the thing. It's not uh, liberal democracy. You know, a democracy, you have companies that do well. You have companies that do badly. You don't put your finger on the scale and you certainly don't put your finger on the scale um, you know, as a response to the company doing something you don't like. I mean, a great example. And look, I'm, you know, I certainly think capitalism is not without its problems. But <laughs> you when think? you <laughs> right, exactly. But when you think about what is happening in Florida right now with DeSantis, right? DeSantis makes this very badly written, extremely vague, don't say gay law. And then Disney taking its sweet time and, you know, really, I, I think, did not speak to it soon enough. Disney objects as well it should. And then DeSantis decides he's going to punish Disney, even though Disney is the lar- one of, you know, is, is the largest. There are several of the largest companies in Florida. And, um, you know, it's this kind of anti-capitalism. And the whole idea is that he wants to publish, punish the largest business in his state, because it won't go along with his crazy, badly written anti-LGBTQ bill. And, and I mean, right. so I think ultimately that happened a lot during Trump world. You'd see Trump fight with, you know, with this one and that one and Coca-Cola. And he'd say, you know, what can we do to punish this company because they didn't, yep. you know, they didn't support me. It is very narcissistic ultimately, too. Yeah, it's it's just madness. And as you point out, this bill in Florida prevents zero grooming and it doesn't solve any problems anyone in the state faces. It just deputizes every whack job to sue any teacher and any school district for anything any teacher says that they don't like, leaving all those taxpayers on the hook. It's an incredibly it's not just anti-gay. It's not just anti-education. It's not just anti-free speech. It's anti-Florida taxpayer. And it seems like a right. smart Democratic Party would be able to turn this around really quick. Well, and I also think I think that the thing that is sort of the most kind of distressing about thing about all of it is like this anti-groomer language we've seen throughout history is a way that bigots try to discriminate against gay people and so this is not even like new material they're doing stuff they did in the 70s and the 80s you know as a way to say like somehow gay people are a danger to children and they are not and it's really like fundamentally disgusting but it's also important for us as nor you know as sane people to say because it's it's almost so stupid we don't think that people will believe it but this is obviously working with the GOP base. Yeah. Well, the Vatican tried the same thing. They tried to blame all the child molestation on gay priests. 
But the gay priests have boyfriends. Like, you know, I'm having to point out all the time, every country that keeps records will tell you the overwhelming majority of pedophiles are heterosexual identified men. Almost all the time. Right. And also, this was never about, I mean, I feel like the thing that is the most important was this was never about pedophilia. This was about targeting LGBTQ people. And you can see the way it went because it was, you know, they targeted these trans kids because they saw it was low hanging fruit and easier to get to than LGBT. And when they had some success with that, they went for LGBTQ. And so ultimately, like this is not this has nothing to do with anything but pure political calculus that Republicans think that their base likes this issue. I don't even think ultimately these people even ultimately really even care about uh, LGBTQ people. They just think this is a winning gamut for them. The hate is the point, you know, Um, and you also bring I got to bring this up. The lying is the point. I still can't believe that Donald Trump never had to pay any kind of price for lies like we've never seen. And the cult really didn't care. And you bring up a great point that, you know, just look at Herschel Walker, who's lied nonstop about his time in University of Georgia. He'll tell the truth about playing Russian roulette and pulling a loaded gun on his wife, but he's still lying about his college record. Yeah, I mean, the thing that Trump discovered, which he really weaponized to good effect for him, but bad effect for democracy and the rest of us, is that um, he sort of realized, and Fox News does this too, that if you lie enough and you never recant and you never say you're sorry, that a certain group of people will believe you or won't care. And so Trump has managed to do that. I mean, the pro- you know, you used to have politicians who, when they would get in enough trouble, would say, all right, uncle, like I, you know, and they would resign. But here in this situation, uh, these Trumpists never resign. They just keep going. And and Greitens is a really good case of that, right? He mm-hmm. resigned. And then all of a sudden he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, just because I committed some crimes against women, is that, you know, is a crime against women really a crime? And that's ultimately one of the other tropes of Trumpism. Yeah, misogyny. Trump backed Sean Parnell, who beat his wife and kids. Herschel Walker's accused him of choking her until she passed out. And Eric Greitens, you know, beat his mistress and beat his wife. I mean, at least he treats them the same. Uh, you, you can't separate it from the, misog- from the misogyny and even the abuse of women. Yeah. I mean, I think ultimately with those guys, it's more that Trump just doesn't he doesn't consider beating your wife to be disqualifying. Right. Right. That kind of crimes against women aren't really crimes, which is very misogynistic. And ultimately where we see uh, where we see Trumpism landing. And again, remember, there are all sorts of Trump has said lots of misogynistic things. And he's certainly uh, you know, there are certainly implications that he may have not, you know, been a great husband. That's the understatement of the year. (laughs) You bring up uh, another trait of Trumpism, the profound lack of loyalty, uh, as well as um, one of the worst tropes being recycling and not the good kind. Uh, Trump just endorsed Sarah Palin. I mean, who literally just quit being the governor of Alaska because she got tired of it. Sarah Palin is an interesting endorsement for Trump. And I wonder, I mean, it's it's interesting because a lot of these Trumpists have, have, don't remember her because she happened more than 10 years ago. And part of Trumpism is having sort of no memory of the past. And so after he did that endorsement, there was a lot of reporting of Tea Party members of Congress who seemed like not to really care and not to be interested in her. I mean, what's what is sort of strange about Trump is There was a sort of time between 2016, 2018, where his endorsements really sort of I mean, I don't know if they always did, but they they moved the needle a lot now, especially in a in a state like Alaska, which is so idiosyncratic and and sort of strange. I mean, that may not do it for her. She may still not win. And and a lot of these Tea Party people sort of had forgotten about her. So, I mean. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Trump is a former reality star turned politician endorsing a former politician turned reality star. You mix her in with Dr. Oz and Herschel Walker. I I say celebrity is his own ethnic group. 
That's his true ethnic group, and it's yeah. never a surprise to me when he goes for someone he saw on the shiny TV screen. Yeah, I wasn't so surprised about Dr. Oz, though. It is an interesting, you know, uh, Dina Powell worked for him and she really yeah. and they really hired some of the worst Trumpy people to to work in that campaign. Yeah. Yeah. And Trump still did not really care. Well, because the Trump loyalty just means obedience. But new polling from Politico shows 86 percent approval rating among Republicans in Georgia, 87 percent in North Carolina, 80 percent in Ohio, 77 percent in Pennsylvania. It is still very much his party. Yeah, I mean, I think it is until it isn't. Right. I mean, some of the people I've talked to, reporters have said they'll go to Trump events and they'll say and people will say, I'm not necessarily for Trump. I'm a Trumpist. Yeah, I believe in Trumpism and not Trump. I mean, I take a lot of that with a grain of salt, which isn't to say he won't be the nominee in 2024. Certainly the primaries are set up in a way to help him. But I just wonder, I wonder how I I still think there, you know, if there's a real opposition, I'm not saying any of those people are better. I, I almost have a feeling like, you know, a Ron DeSantis might actually be worse than a Donald Trump because he's oh, focused. Yeah. 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 Competent Trump. I mean, we've seen the competent Trump. It's Putin. Um, yeah. But Molly, I want to thank you so much for this piece in the Atlantic. As midterms approach, many Trumps proliferate across the land. You know, they say the GOP doesn't have a platform anymore. They do. And you've laid out every specific element of it in this piece. Everyone, please follow Molly John Fast. Subscribe to The New Abnormal, her excellent podcast with Andy Levy. It is always a pleasure to benefit from your wisdom. And uh, say hi to your mom for us. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Have a great night. We'll be right back. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's go to Dave in Washington State. Hello, Dave. You're on SiriusXM. Hey, John. I know you don't like or appreciate the doom and gloom, but... Um, no, no, no. What? Are you, what are you kidding? Doom and gloom? That, that's, that's my whole Tinder profile. I'm all about the doom and gloom. I just also want to have something to balance it out. Well, yeah, and at this point, I don't know if you ever saw that movie Honeymoon in Las Vegas. It's like when he was stuck on the airplane with the flying Elvises. And he never jumped out of an airplane before, and they were clowning him. I mean, when you're about to jump out of an airplane, it's not the time to start clowning somebody, right? (laughs) We were just talking about Nicolas Cage movies during the break, so I I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Well, and I mean, you know, and I I get it, but I I can't help it. You know, I spent 25 years in the intelligence community. I got to keep it real, or at least as far as I can perceive reality. Hey, the... um, (laughs) So what's the the, doom and gloom you're laying on me? Go ahead. Okay, look, with this Republican Party, I see three categories, and they're all bad. We've got the Greitens uh, side that is just toxic masculinity. I mean, they're suffering from testosterone poison. You know when Russia sent that missile over and it said in Cyrillic, it said, um, uh, for the children? And everybody thought, oh, that's, that's so over the top. You know what? Putin and his military, they know there's an audience for that in America. It's that mm. Greitens toxic masculinity audience. Then you've got the grifters, okay, which, um, you know, obviously they can be manipulated through, through uh, money and other material things. 
And then you've got the neocons, but but not all Republicans are neocons. Some Democrats are neocons as well. Hey, hey, Democrats, where are the revoltingly fake Christians? Where 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 are the grabbing by the pussy evangelicals here in your whole system? Well, I think that they kind of um, they are just. Uh, they enable. They're they're enablers of toxic masculinity. Uh, this toxic masculinity thing. I know you don't have time for it, but no, it no, is no. Really you don't have time for toxic masculinity. We we always have time for toxic masculinity. For God's sakes, well, that's what built well, America. Let me put it this way. Well, I mean, I saw it when I was in Afghanistan for eighteen months with special forces community. There are women, and I think Tulsi Gabbard's one. There are women that can adapt to an environment of. They can not only adapt. But they can thrive in an environment of toxic masculinity. Of course there are. And, uh, yeah, and, and they're, they're just enablers. They're all just enablers. But the problem is, is it is, um, you know, they, they, oh, they oh, look, I don't, you don't know how many times I worked with a woman. She had lethal uh, drone capability. She killed so many women and children, and, I, and she, she was such a headache for me. And finally, I had to ask her, what is your problem? What is your deal? Do you want us to lose? She said she always had the same excuse. It's all about family. And I'm like, my God, man, this is crazy. You can't save families by killing families. All right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and this is, this is um, you know, this, this, this whole thing is horrible. And then on top of that, they're reporting now that Russia is going to take the gloves off in the next election. And take I'm the here gloves to tell off? You, what, is that? what does that mean, take the gloves off? My God, they've already killed tens of thousands of civilians. They've installed this puppet in our country. They funded Brexit. How much more take glove-off taking can they do? Well, I'm talking about the next election in America. Right. Now, again, I don't know if Russia's going to do it. And like I said, it is pretty obvious they are underperforming, but it still yeah. worries me, John. These, I'm, this I'm, election security worries me. I'm worried, too. I mean, Russian state media is talking about Trump quite a bit and saying how he has to be reinstalled. And, you know, they're also they're calling him partner Trump. And they've essentially the Daily Beast had a whole story about this. They're calling it their revenge plan on America because we're not going along with their war of aggression against a country that never attacked them. Not that America has a right long term to make that many complaints about that sort of thing. But um, TV, we talked about this last week, Evgeny Popov, who's a star on Russian TV uh, called Evening with Vladimir Soloviev. Um, he's one of Putin's little winged monkeys. And he said, the time is coming to again help our partner Trump to become president. And they're actually talking about this as like a revenge on America. And I say, go for it, Sergey. Go for it. Let Russia pour billions into making Donald Trump the president again. Let them see how well he does if he runs. I'm, I swear to God, I, the whole notion that Trump will do better after January 6th than he did last time, no, it's not going to happen. Go ahead, let him be the nominee. I can't think of any Republican who'd be easier for an 85-year-old Joe Biden to beat than Donald Trump. And I'm not saying that the Democrats are going to keep the House or the Senate. I'm saying they will if we show up to vote because there are more of us than there are of them. There's more of us that don't want women to go to jail for abortions. There's more of us that, that don't want to be homophobic, that don't want to, to keep the drug war going. I'm sorry, but it all comes down to turnout. And, it, you know, I, look, if people suck and just don't show up to vote and the GOP takes the House and the Senate and all poor Joe Biden can do is pass executive orders for two years, fine. When it comes to 2024, it's going to be Joe Biden's record against theirs. And the reality is Joe Biden's always going to have a better record because the GOP doesn't even prioritize helping non-millionaires. So let them take over. If that's what happens, we'll keep on fighting no matter what. I mean, what? It's going to be the end of the world if they take over. It's going to suck. People will hurt. They'll be suffering. But I don't plan on throwing in the towel. I'm going to keep on fighting as hard as I've always fought. Well, and I do believe the force is with us. I do believe it. You know I believe that. And, I believe it, too. And, um, and, you know, and uh, I'm not defeatist. I don't believe in giving up. All I'm saying is there are a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, confluence here. There's a lot of intersectionality. And it seems like the forces, uh, you know, of the dark side are lining up. 
They are lining up. They're always and, lined um, up. Look, the status quo is always going to be more organized. That's why progress in this country takes so long. That's why progress in the Democratic Party takes so long, because the status quo is designed to remain the status quo and to kick your ass when you try to challenge it. That's why all throughout human history, who gets knocked off? Uh, the, the, the people defending the status quo? It's always the people who are trying to change things. They get knocked off, whether it's whether it's John Lennon or Martin Luther King or John Kennedy or whether it's Yitzhak Rabin or or Anwar Sadat or Robert Kennedy or Jesus or Gandhi. Whoever is trying to take on the power elite is always going to have a target on their back and it's always going to scare people. And there's so many reasons why it takes so long for our species to evolve in the positive way. But I'm sorry, I. I've seen too much goodness come out. I just watched a black woman get appointed to the Supreme Court last week. I've seen, I've seen too much evidence that if we keep our shit together and keep working and grinding down the patriarchy, grinding down the fascists, grinding down the status quo, we can get progress. It doesn't happen overnight, but I keep talking about it. Look how... Look what happened with, with LGBT people from, from the AIDS plague to marriage equality was like 40 years. 30 years, one generation, 30 years it took where you could be fired from your job for saying you're gay. And then we got a sitting president in the middle of his reelection campaign to endorse marriage equality because they stayed at it and didn't give up. It's like no matter what happens in the midterms of this year or that year, we're not going to give up. We're not going to say, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to fight for women's rights anymore. That's bullshit. You know it. We're going to keep on pushing you. Despair is not an option despondency is privilege. We don't get to do it. And if they kick our asses, I'm not even a Democrat, but if they kick our asses this November, you know what's going to happen the next day? We're going to be really, really upset and feel really, really bad. And we're going to keep on fighting for other people anyway, because we're not selfish, stupid pricks. I'm sorry. If we were all selfish, stupid pricks, we'd be in a much better mood right now about things, but we're not selfish, stupid pricks. So we got to keep on fighting. Well, the future's coming no matter what. So yeah. we might as well uh, make a good. Uh, and a unless you unless you blow up the world, you unless you blow up the world, you can't stop progress. I, I I never thought we would see gay marriage and legal weed in my lifetime. A black woman on the Supreme Court, a black man in the Oval Office, I, and yeah, Obama wasn't the liberal a lot of people thought he was, but it's still progress. And when I was a kid, I never imagined these things happening. We keep at it, and yes, they're going to always punch back. We're not going to win every battle. But it's not about how many times you get knocked down. It's about how many times you, you, you get up again. So, you know, like, I'm not really afraid to the midterms. If it sucks, it's going to be bad for people. But either way, I'm going to be fighting for the same causes the day after Election Day that I will be on Election Day, no matter who's in power.